Are you hiring? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology will efficiently match you to the right people better than anyone else in the industry. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all size to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results and do it today. First Cut listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash First Cut. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash First Cut. One more time, try it for free for your business today. ZipRecruiter.com slash First Cut. Back here on the First Cut podcast with Kyle Porter. He is Kyle Porter. I am your host, Jack McBrayer. Um, or Chip Patterson, actually. <laughs> you see that guy? I did. I, I got to be honest, Chip. I I don't know who Jack McBrayer is, and I have not Googled it yet. Oh, okay. So podcast listener Eric on Twitter. Um, I Jack McBrayer, uh, did you watch 30 Rock? Uh, no. Okay. No. Jack McBrayer's, uh, I would say, most likely most recognizable role uh, was as uh, always the NBC page for yeah, Tina Fey and uh, Alec Baldwin, Tracy Morgan on uh, the popular 30 arc show on NBC. I'm assuming, gotcha. I'm assuming that uh, it just, it comes from having an enthusiastic, slightly Southern voice. And I guess you just need to meet more excited Southerners, Eric. And you'll, you'll realize <laughs> there's a whole, there's a whole realm of, uh, of excited Southern voices especially out here on the PGA tour. Hey, I'm just, I'm just glad that the people are listening to the podcast. That's right. Thank you, the listeners. And don't forget that if you do own a business, which we don't, but I hope you do zip recruiter. It's the best way to uh, find good candidates. Kyle, I've got two tournaments that I'm super excited about for this weekend. And I've got three big conversation topics. Um, So before we get to our Irish open locks, our green bar classic, picks i want to start with um the thing that you can almost set your watch to we are recording this happy independence day if you catch this one i'll be uploading it in like an hour and a half uh if you catch this one on tuesday happy independence day and every holiday weekend one way or another uh tiger woods has been giving us some headlines memorial day weekend uh for the recent driving under the influence charge and this time uh, a statement from tiger woods uh, again, just the man giving a lot of free press to the Apple Notes app, you know? Like, I shouldn't I shouldn't know that he had 57% battery and that his Bluetooth and location services were turned on as he wrote this message. Yeah, he, you know, he really is. I, I joked with my wife yesterday at about uh, 5 Eastern that I was almost done working for the day. But that Tiger was probably going to drop some news and because it's a holiday sort of not a weekend, but just like a holiday. And sure enough, 20 minutes later, I, I, I was completely joking about it. And we get a uh, a, a notes, a uh, little little page from Tiger saying that he has completed a, an intensive out of state. Um, I, I, he didn't call it rehabilitation, but, uh, just sort of a program, um, and, and is, uh, hopefully on his way. So, 
it's it's you can you can set your your uh, holiday watch by it in in the U.S. anyway because it uh, it's Tiger Tiger Holiday News is uh, pretty much undefeated over the last five years. At what point um, do you think that there is a uh, an advancement of the storyline here because I don't know if there is like it, it is nice to get an update and you know when it's coming from that uh, account and they hit you with the buy TW and it's the screenshot of something that he or someone around him has clearly written on an iPhone just to get the message out in a, as raw and as fast a manner as possible um, you know this is like kind of checking in and it gives the news cycle um another reason to talk about tiger woods but in terms of the big story about tiger woods like what is the next step that you're waiting for for advancing uh, what we're you know we us following the the ongoing narrative of uh you know w- one of the sports you know greatest players ever uh, as he continues to work through um these last couple years of declining health and even the less and less percentage of a chance that not only uh, he might not be able to, to uh, return to the same type of major competition level that we saw even when he was the number one player in the world not that long ago, but that there might be questions about him playing again, period. You know, I, I think because of the nature of his injury, because of everything that he's been been going through, and because it's such a long recovery period, even taking golf out of it, that the next, like... Uh, um, kind of forward progress that we're going to get here is going to be at the Hero World Challenge in December, which he obviously hosts. Um, that's become a, a little bit of a de facto state of the union for Tiger over the last couple of years. You know, we saw in 2015, he more or less declared his career over, which was just a very bizarre, strange thing to see and, and really was eye opening in terms of how serious his back injury was. And then last year, 2016, he obviously played and played pretty well and, um, get, you know, just talked a lot about how much he had progressed in, in the last year. So I, I think because of what that, uh, because that tournament is so small, because he is, um, sort of the host of it, I believe it's down in the Bahamas again this year, uh, I think that is when we will get a, uh, you know, I think we're going to go a completely full college football season, uh, before we get, uh, some real uh, there will be snippets, I would imagine, but like some real tiger news from from the man himself. You shared uh, your buddy Kevin Van Valkenberg's uh, recent column. Um, I guess and he posted this before we even got the the holiday weekend update from Tiger. Um, yeah. But I I hadn't read the column until you posted it uh, this morning. But I. The, he pitches, and I don't want to take the words out of you know your mouth or Kevin's. I, he's your boy, but like to pitch the idea of Tiger as a quote Yoda-like figure, you know, just this kind of like swing whisperer that could become a sensei of the PGA Tour is something that, as a Tiger fan, I would rush to just because it seems like it is the one that has the least amount of uh, emotional turmoil and conflict because I'm giving up hope on. Uh, the the pipe dream that he's just going to be back out there, um, you know, coming down the the fairway on eighteen at Augusta, getting ready to win the Masters. Like I, I just think that time has has come and gone, and I've come to terms with that. And I, 
you know, for you as a Tiger fan, for you as a golf writer, like, do you think that it's even possible for Tiger to take on that position? Because it seems like one that, again, Tiger fans would like to see just because it would have, um, you know, remain present in golf, a- appear to be maintain some sort of like happiness or health, uh, certainly better than, you know, dash cam footage from a local authority like what what was your sort of takeaway from the the idea that he could take on that that wise uh that wise role for other golfers i i think it's applicable i think it could work um you don't sound very confident well i i i i, I love the call I, I thought it was tremendous i i just think that and 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 it's true that type nobody is nerdier about golf or the golf swing or golf um, sort of like mind mapping than than Tiger Woods. And so, uh, in theory, it's it's a great idea. But the reality is that Tiger really, I, I think, struggles to construct these um, sort of social even even not even like deep friendships like he obviously struggles to to maintain or build deep friendships and and that's partly i think because of the way he is and partly because of the life that he has like part of it is not his fault but he also like he seemingly floats from like um like friendship to friendship and it, it i i feel like to take on a role like that you almost have to build like a trust and a and a a deep, deeper sense of trust over time. So I, I just don't know if it works long-term the way that, that Kevin laid out. Uh, it could, I, I don't, I don't totally know that it wouldn't, but I think I'm a little more dubious than some just because of the way that, that Tiger, uh, I mean, think about like even the players that he's gone to over the last few years, it was, Oh, Tiger and Rory are best friends. And then Tiger and Jason day and not best friends, but like, you know, a, like, like, listen, a mentorship type role in an individual sport is not crazy to think about, especially when it comes to golf. Yeah, it, but it, it seems like he like floats to the next one and the next one and the next one. And maybe that's fine. Like, maybe that's the way that players would prefer it, because I don't think he's going to be like their official like he's not going to be like Dustin Johnson's swing coach, like going from tournament to tournament with him. But so, so maybe maybe it does work because it can be a little bit more surfacey. But I, I just think that I think Tiger has so much to offer. You know, he's getting into course design and architecture and stuff like that. He's so smart when it comes to golf. He's almost um, uh, he, he is he's almost a savant when it comes to golf. And I think that that creates a little bit of this like social uh, lack of awareness sometimes um that, that you see from him and and so it's i think that part of it is super interesting so it's it's how do you get that out of him and into other guys and into golf courses and and into just golf itself how do you um how do you take that how do you take that out of tiger and put it into golf over the next 20 or 30 years. I think that's going to be a really fascinating question because the we're working from the step at this point that the, the body is done. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, th- I love the, the comparison by Kevin of he's aged like a NFL running back. I thought that was so good because not all NFL players age the same way. And, uh, it, it's in a similar manner. Not all golfers age in the same way. You know, Phil Mickelson ages a lot different than Tiger Woods because of the way they swing. Phil Mickelson's swing 
ages until he's 65 and tigers just didn't and so uh, i i just yeah i I mean because a spinal fusion surgery like (laughs) are are we serious like he's gonna come back and and swing like he used to it's just I, I don't know. It's difficult. You know, I, I was watching. So Golf Channel has been playing these uh, these open championship kind of memory. Uh, I, I don't know what they're called, like these 30 minute things on former open winners. And last week I got sucked into uh, there was a Rory one. There was a Nick Faldo one. And there was a, a Tom Watson one. And Tom Watson one. The Tom Watson one was super interesting because I was thinking about what if he had won that. 2009 open over Stuart sink. Oh, we would have had Tom Watson having won a major championship more recently than Tiger Woods. That would have been, that that would have been maybe the craziest stat of all time. If he had, if he had gone on to win that, I was rooting for him so hard. Oh yeah. That, and I feel bad for sink sinks a good dude, but he, he, it's like the worst way to win a major over a 59 year old legend. You know, that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That everyone's rooting for everyone is rooting for the 59 year old hall of famer. And you're like, Oh, I guess I'll take this major championship, which absolutely defines my career and validates all a lifetime of hard work. Yeah. Stole it from him. He, he stole from an old man. Stuart. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> Oh man. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's keep it moving on to, to the golf. We will, we'll pivot right there to, uh, to who I just used the word pivot. I'm, I'm fining myself. I'm Dustin Johnson suspending myself. This is terrible. All right. Rory's hosting the Irish open. This is an event that with Rory McIlroy's involvement, the Rory McIlroy foundation, uh, it has boosted the field Field's going to have the likes of Hideki Matsuyama, John Rahm, Thomas Peters, Justin Rose, uh, our boy Tommy Fleetwood, Peter Uline. And it's also starting to get in that fun spot where not only is it a premier European tour event, uh, but it's one that I watch and that I'm interested in from the standpoint of kind of scouting, considering it a little bit of the Open Championship preseason. Um, what's... What's your general expectation from from the Irish Open? Like, do you think that given the given the field and given the tournament's recent history, is it one of those that we look at uh, similar to uh, the Memorial, or um, you know, we're looking at it like maybe not like the players, or maybe like the players, where it is not a major, but on the European Tour and in the greater view of global golf. Uh, this is absolutely a must-watch for any fan. Yeah, I, I think it is a European tour, like their kind of their version of uh, maybe maybe the Memorial. Uh, I, you could probably argue that there are other tournaments that are a little bit better um, on the European tour. But when you look at what the European tour has done, which is create this Rolex series, which is I believe six events throughout the year that they. Uh, allocate more money for they get there's more prestige around them last week's was one of them at the french open uh this week is one with the irish open next week is the scottish open uh there was one earlier in the year and i think there's one later the italian open later in the year so they've sort of created this um upper tier of tournaments that that they have said these are these are the important ones these matter more than some of the others and so i think you can't help but look at that and say oh that's you know the, the PGA Tour doesn't 
really have anything like that. Um, the, the playoffs, but that's different because you're, you're whittling, you know, fields down at that point. But if you were to make a Rolex series like, um, thing on the PGA tour, it would include, uh, the Memorial, it would include, uh, I'm probably Riviera, like Pebble, you know, different kind of, kind of big boy tournaments, um, that, that a lot of guys play in probably the Arnold Palmer or something like that. Um, and so, yeah, I think you look at the Irish open and I'm astounded. I I did not realize this. There was a really good article that I shared on Twitter yesterday. It was also posted about in the New York times by Adam Shupak, but the Irish open was on life support like six years ago, chip, like it did not have a sponsor. It was, it was pieced together. The winner received, uh, $250,000 or 250,000 euros, I think. It was just not a good tournament, and Rory and uh, du- uh, what's what's the Dubai duty free? Oh yeah, I Dubai. I was I was gonna ask you how many uh, how many duty free watches, how many Dubai duty free <laughs> watches I was gonna be able to get for making my picks. Uh, Dubai, listen, all respect to Dubai duty free for bringing the Irish Open back from the dead, but anytime you put duty free in the name of a tournament, I'm immediately going to the airport or thinking about cruises. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they, they, they took over for the previous sponsor, which was just three. Like it was like the, the name of the, that's a shell company. That is a shell the, company from legal activity <laughs> the organization, which is three. So, uh, so anyway, all that to say, like the Irish open rocks now and it's kind of must see TV leading up to the open. And so I'm, I'm glad that you know, that, that Rory has gotten behind it. Uh, obviously he has a lot of ties being from Northern Ireland, won it last year. And, uh, just the fact that it's part of that Rolex series and, and a big deal. I mean, part of my thing is like at the Irish open and Scottish open and the British open, you get to see just these courses that you don't see throughout the rest of the year. And they're fantastic courses. Por- Port Stewart is the, is the Irish open course this year. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Great field. Like you said, I think it's it might not be the biggest name field. They had Fowler, I think, last year, but uh, it's maybe the deepest field that they've had. And so, uh, yeah, I'm I'm fired up for it. Probably even more so, definitely more so than the Greenbrier. All right, so uh, I've got some picks. Kyle's got some picks for both Irish Open and the Greenbrier. But first, are you hiring? Do you need to hire somebody to make picks? We would be a good option. But if you have a business of any size, uh, there's a chance that you're not looking for someone to make expert picks. You're looking for someone to help your business find success. And with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. See, this is why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike those other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. In fact, it goes out and finds them with over 80% of the jobs posted on ZipRecruiter getting a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. There's this easy to use dashboard. You just simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place. You don't even have to juggle emails. You don't have to worry about calls. It's all right there on ZipRecruiter's easy to use dashboard, which you can start using for free. That's right. First Cut listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash First Cut. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash First Cut. One more time. Try it for free today. ZipRecruiter.com slash First Cut. All right. Irish Open. What are we, before we get to picks, what are we expecting from Rory? Busy week. 
Is he is he going to be able to turn it on? Like obviously that would be awesome because he's one of the best players in the world and he's one of the most talented players in the world and a coming of generation player. But do you think that we will see it this weekend? Yeah, I think we're back to like okay, Rory should win or cont- not win, but contend to win every time he goes out level Rory. Um you know, the the US Open was a little bit of a of a um I don't want to call it a warm up, but he hadn't played in, you know, a month, month and a half. Uh get gets four rounds at the Travelers. Sounds like he's been playing a lot, uh working on the putting. So I, I think that I think we'll get contending Rory. I don't know if we'll get winning Rory, uh like we did last year at the K Club. But by the way, I went back and watched those two shots that he hit at the K Club. Uh he had a three wood on sixteen and then he had a three wood on eighteen. They were both just this is a joke. He's Snug. So, it's so, so good. So much fun to watch when he's on. Um, and, for you know, it, it, Port Stewart, the, the course this year, is in Northern Ireland. So for him to win there, where he's from, I, I think that would be uh, that'd be a pretty cool story. I, I don't, you know, you, always, you almost always have to pick the, the field um, if you're saying this guy or the field. But... Um, yeah, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna play well and contend. All right, so let's start with uh, with your winner pick. Who's your winner pick for the Irish Open? Uh, I've got uh, Thomas Peters winning the Irish Open. Mm. Uh, played well at the French Open last week. Had a pretty pretty tough course. He did break his driver in the third round, and then he went and shot like a thirty two on the back nine, Sands driver. Uh, so that was pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I, there's I no real rhyme or reason to it. He's just playing. He's good a stud. Right now. No, yeah, yeah no, he's he's, a, he's good. I I put him as my top ten lock. Uh, going back to look and see, like yo, he uh he had two double bogeys on Sunday, like in addition to playing pretty well for the tournament. Like it's it's a uh, it's a pick where I'm looking at Thomas Peters, realizing that overall the golf is good. And that, like, with avoiding a few bad holes or missteps, then we're going to be dealing with absolute contention. I like him as your pick to win. Who's your top ten lock? I I went with Rory as my top ten lock. Um, it just you know, he, he I think last year he sort of figured out how to manage uh, all the responsibilities he had with this event, and also still play well. Obviously, he won the thing, but. 2015, I think he was a little overwhelmed with how much he had to do. Uh, so I, I think I just think with having the two tournaments under his belt with the U.S. Open and Travelers, coming back to Northern Ireland, uh, you know, if as we saw at the Travelers, if he even if he doesn't putt that well, if he can finish in the top ten. So uh, I've got him as as my top ten. All right, Rory is your top ten lock. Thomas Peters as your winner. Thomas Peters as my top ten lock. My winner's Peter Uline, baby. Go Pokes! I love it. I mean, all right, so here's here's the question that I needed to pitch you. If Tommy Fleetwood is Alex Noren, then where is Peter Uline headed right now, uh, given his his season, and where do you think his relevance will be in the next couple years uh, for American golf fans? That, that's a really good question. I, I want to ask you, Do you th- if I give you over under 100 right now, do you think – Peter Yuan is inside the world top 100 or outside the world top 100? Right now? Yeah, this week. I think he's inside. Yeah, he just moved inside. He, he was like 155 last week, and he's up to like 98, I think. Mm. Um, 96, something like that. But to answer your question, you know, I, there was a really good article in um, 
I, I want to say golf week. I, I hope I get that right. Jeff Babineau, I believe, during when when Uline played the Memorial, just talking about how it, it seemed like like Uline, I think is fascinating because he has been a guy who he chose to go to Europe and and play the Challenge Tour, play the European Tour. He clearly enjoys it. He's got a whole life over there, um, whatever. But there was also this hint of like him sort of wanting to edge back closer to to getting on to playing the PGA Tour full time. And maybe uh, I don't know if he's going to get married, have a family. I don't know. He, he's getting you know into his mid to late twenties, so that's sort of the time some people start thinking about that. And it just sort of felt like he wanted to play the PGA Tour more, based on the the article, the interview. Um, so I think he's a guy that, uh, like we saw Brooks Kepka transition to that, I, I think that we could see Uline transition to that over the next two or three years. But he's got all the talent in the world. Yeah. Uh, he's been he's been injured a little bit. Um, so I think as long as he stays healthy, that that is sort of his trajectory. Maybe not to climb into the top 20 in the world based on what he does on the European tour, but to sort of leverage these world ranking points that you get on the European tour into a more full-time PGA tour career. And is that uh, like the process being that the world ranking will make him eligible for more PGA tour events and then higher finishes in the PGA tour events lead to further improvement of your status? Yeah. So if you can get into the, if you can kind of finagle your way into the top 50 in the world, then you're eligible for the WGC events and the majors, which are considered both European and PGA tour events. And if you finish high enough, like if you make enough money in those, then all of a sudden you've earned enough money to, to earn your PGA tour card for the next year. And you know, there's different ways to do it, but that's probably the clearest path for somebody like him. All right. I'm glad you just mentioned, uh, the PGA tour and the European tour, uh, which do both count the major victories because I want to talk about Justin Rose. Justin Mm. Rose has seven PGA tour wins, uh, Mm. 18 professional wins, nine European tour wins. I think that's counting the U S open twice, maybe, but right. Over under, from today moving forward on the PGA tour and European tour combined, you know, that same combined number, Justin Rose over under 9.5 professional wins between now and the end of his career. I I, I would go under, uh, he's 36. I I figured I could get 10 more years. Yeah. Yeah. He, he does seem like kind of a lifer. Like he's kind of like a, like just addicted to it. You know, I think, Um, I think we could still get good professional competitive golf from Justin Rose for until he's 46, another 10 years. And I was using 9.5 based on the idea that most of his winning on both the tours has been in the last decade, like between 2006, 2007 and now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. You know, I, I think it's interesting because he hasn't, won on the PGA Tour in over two years. His wow. last victory was uh, New Orleans in 2015. Um, he's obviously a great player. He's won at some just awesome courses. Um, but yeah, I, I would go under. You know, I, I think that as, as as he gets older, as your kids get older, you not that you lose interest, but it's just it's harder to maintain that level of, of competitiveness. Like, like Justin Rose may have hit his apex. I mean, I say that he almost won the masters. Yeah. He was, he had that birdie putt buried. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, I I would still go under, but, uh, I think it's an interest. I I think that's a pretty good one. 
Um, I'm gonna go over. I believe. I like my, it. I'm gonna believe in my boy Justin Rose. We'll re- we'll reconvene in ten years and figure <laughs> out who was right. Um, uh, before we move on to the Greenbrier, uh. John Rahm, T10 last week in France. I've just got this feeling that given the the big boy tournament status, he was going to want it real bad. Is John Rahm going to fall victim to wanting it too much? Yeah, I don't know. That That's a question. You know, there's been a lot of talk around his sort of attitude and, and um, he, he runs really hot. I, I generally don't care about that. Like I, I don't care about guys throwing clubs or kicking them, whatever. Like I just, people get worked up about it and it's like, yeah, of course they're going to act like that or have that emotion. But it does seem to sort of affect his play. Sometimes we saw that at the U S open, uh, there was a little bit of that at the Memorial, I think. Um, but I, I think in the end, I, I think there's some growing pains there, but I just think his talent is so prodigious that in the end it's going to win out and he's going to be, a superstar on both tours uh, for a really long time. All right, uh, what's uh, what's your sleeper pick for the Irish Open? Uh, I didn't. I didn't have a sleeper. I didn't have a sleeper um, either. Don't worry about it. <laughs> 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 I was like looking at the field. I was like, all right, let's let's collect all the interesting storylines. Let's make our picks. And um, I've got sleeper for the Greenbrier though. Yeah, but, I do too. Okay. Uh, a year ago. We had no Greenbrier Classic because of massive flooding and course damage. It's a very yeah. young tournament, only about seven years old. Greenbrier, fantastic piece of property. I'd love to make it up there sometime. Um, I feel like uh, I told my wife earlier as I was preparing for this, I was like, I think I might have gone there as a child, but all of the big mountain like hotels when you're like four, five years old are all the same, right? Yeah. Like I could have yeah, been, totally. I, I could have been in Asheville, North Carolina. You could have told me it was a Greenbrier. I've been like, all right, cool. <laughs> um, I I want to start the conversation of the Greenbrier here because I uh, I'll just go ahead and say like I'm gonna throw out Bubba Watson as a top ten lock because that boy needs it. Yeah, he does. He he's he's just not playing well this year. You know, like what, what makes you think that other than him needing it, like he's going to finish in the top 10 all of a sudden that he needs it. And it's a bad field, (laughs) like, like needs it talent. And when you start to go down the full list of names in this field, you could see him. And, and, you know, that's where I go into like, uh, that, you know, like that, the, the, not all top tens are the same. Like I just, I just think that there's got to be there. There's got to be a low round in there for Bubba Watson up at the Greenbrier, but he's missed three of his last four cuts. He's not playing good golf. It's weird. It's strange. I don't know. Like yeah. what? What? What do you make of his season and the state of his game right now? I don't know. You know, he's one of those guys who I, I don't know how much. Like we talk about. Um, well, I mentioned Justin Rose earlier. You talk about I, somebody I wrote about today, Charles Howe. Like those guys are, those guys love golf. Like they just they're they're just so like they just love it. And I, I don't think Bubba is wired like that, which is totally fine. Like you can be a professional, you know, writer and not love writing, but it. it I guess my point is like, as he gets older, I just think the interest there uh, probably wanes a little bit and, and understandably so like I'm, I'm not holding that against him. I'm just trying to come up with an explanation for why he's been so bad uh, relative to how good he usually is uh, so far this season. 
All right, we uh, another big story is going. This will be the first time that we've got Phil Mickelson um, officially uh, there without Bones um, since the big change was made. Uh, we've also got Patrick Reed, Kevin Kisner, Bill Haas, your Chucky Howell, David Lingmurth, Jimmy Walker, Webb Simpson. Um, where's where are your eyes gonna gonna be uh, in terms of expectations for? Uh, maybe not the big names, but the bigger or biggest names playing uh, in in the field this weekend. Well, I, I think Phil is the place you start. It's just going to be so weird to see him with somebody else on the bag. I mean, we saw it in Mexico for a round this year, but it's just going to be, I don't know, it's going to be a, a, just a, a very strange experience. I think, um, you know, Patrick Reed is somebody, he, he's the he's the favorite at 12 to one it's pretty rare that you see a favorite not in single digits um but because there's not a huge star uh i wouldn't consider patrick reed a huge star i mean there's not a top 15 player like isn't patrick reed like a what top 25 maybe yeah he's probably like 16th or 19th in the world or something like that um i I think that i think hal is going to be is going to be interesting just following up last week you know can he can he make a run at that third victory again? Um, and then there's these sort of always kind of bubbling up potential storylines like Bryson DeChambeau. You've got Xander Schauff. Uh, I still don't know how to say his name. Xander Schauffele, uh, who's in the field, who obviously played great at the U.S. Open. Oh, uh, Xander. Bubba. You mean Xander the chauffeur? The, the X-Man. Yeah, the X-Man. Uh, Kevin Kisner's playing. So I don't know. It, it's it's obviously not a good field, um, especially compared to the Irish Open uh, over in Europe. But uh, usually, like like happened last week, you get some pretty fun and good storylines that kind of emerge out of these bad field tournaments. So, um, who do you have as your winner? I've got Tony Finau. Ooh. I know, I know you, I know you love that. Yeah, he, uh, he did not. Well the tournament was not held last year. So the last time he played in it was two years ago. He finished, uh, I believe T 13. Uh, he's been pretty consistent of late. He hasn't missed a cut, I believe since the players championship. Uh, he's not contending necessarily, but he's sort of figured out that I, I think after being on the tour full time for almost two years, just sort of figured out like how to make cuts, um, you know, how to, you know, what the rhythm of a week is and, I don't know. He's just, he's so talented. He's so good. I can't imagine him going, you know, five full seasons or whatever without a victory. So uh, I like him this week. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. One for, uh, one for, uh, for, get for, for for Finau to get, uh, it it wouldn't be his, actually, I guess he's already won, hasn't he? He won Puerto Rico. Yes. So his first non opposite field win, um, I should say. So this would be, um, yeah, this would be a good spot for it. Oh, I'm going with Kevin Kisner, baby. Yeah, I know you, you, you love him. I know. I don't know why, but I just, was it, was it because the breakthrough came? Was it, I don't know. I've, I've got Kevin Kisner. Uh, Kevin Kisner is my winner. Um, and all right. So I said Bubba Watson for the top 10 lock. I think this could be a good spot for Webb. Yeah. Yeah, it could. You know, it's just, it's so hard to to pick these things. I've got um, I've got Reed as my as my top ten lock. He, he has finished well. So he's had such a weird season. He's finished 
top 25 in seven of his last eight events, but he's only got two top 10s on the year. Patrick Reed only has two top 10s this year. That's not that good. But he's got um, so many like individual good rounds that get you so excited. Yeah, in so many moments. And so you, it feels like he's had like this terrific year, especially the last few months. But you really, I mean, and one of those top 10s was at the, uh, was at the uh, first event where there's only like 30 guys in the field or 28 or whatever. And so it's just, I don't know. It, it's not been the year that you expected after the Ryder Cup that he had last October. Um, but yeah, I've got him finishing top 10 this week. All right. Um, sleeper pick. Who do you have? Trey Mullinax. You're, you're stealing mine from last week. <laughs> I mean, he's, you look, look at who everybody at 101 and tell me that based on the last couple weeks of golf that you feel more comfortable in Hudson Swafford than Trey Mullinax. You know who I do feel more comfortable in is Spencer Levine at 125 to 1. Oh. Yeah. He's a, he's a joy. Just a gem. Yeah, he's the best. Um, <laughs> Did somebody put together a supercut of like the five best Spencer Levine moments? Yeah, it should have been 500. He is, <laughs> he, he might be crazy. Like he might be certifiable, but, uh, he plays golf the way that, um, the way that we play golf. I mean, he, he's, it's, there's self-loathing. There is, <laughs> um, just so much tour sauce, so much, ex- I mean, he's just a, he's a lunatic and it's, you know, you, you kind of need some of that on the PJ tour to spice it up a little bit. Absolutely. And, uh, he was he was a blast last week at Quicken Loan. So I love him at 125 to one over under Grayson Murray controversies by the end of the weekend at point five. Oh, my gosh. I'd go over over. <laughs> I know I'd probably go over one point five. Dude, it's not good. No Put the phone away. Put the phone down. Grayson. Yeah, he's 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 going to he's going to say something inappropriate about uh He's going to say something inappropriate about the course or something. <laughs> it's going to be very insensitive. He's and, probably going to say something inappropriate about like the about the floods that that's happened what I was last thinking. year or something like that. <laughs> By the way, you know, um, the, the course has been sort of, I do know about the course this week. You want to ask me about it? Hey, what, what do we know about the <laughs> uh, post-flood remodeled Greenbrier Classic uh, golf course? Yeah, they sort of read... Uh, not constructed, but um, re uh, re-energized the whole court. They they sort of took it back to to its original design, which they used the flooding as sort of a a, a, a not an excuse, but a reason to do that. Um, so I, I'm excited about it. I, I think that there weren't there weren't any huge changes, but I think it's going to um, I don't know. It's just got a little little new shine this week. You know, you you play a course so many times on. You know, every year it's the same thing. It's the same thing over and over. And I, I think it's going to, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a really fun watch. Zach Blair, shout out to him, uh, wrote a really cool uh, piece for PJTour.com about the architecture of the eighth hole. It's a par three. And uh, it was really interesting just learning about the way or why certain holes are shaped in certain ways. Um he did a really good job of explaining it, so so people should check that out and uh, and have some fun watching Greenbrier and, and Irish Open this weekend. Woo! He is Kyle Porter. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Uh, enjoy all the golf this weekend, Kyle. It should be fun. You too, Chip. <laughs>